Hello, I'm Dalton Main, and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Birds Podcast, where it is our mission to have fun and get healthier on accident. We cover an unapproachable amount of topics on the show, from gaming and technology to healthy habits and bizarre healthcare stories. I want to quickly mention that this podcast is separate from Corey and I's roles as healthcare providers, and none of this information should be taken as direct healthcare advice. The best way to support the show is by interacting with the sponsors. It also helps make sure that my kids are fed and clothed, so please, for the kids, here's a brief mention of each sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Momentus. Momentus specializes in sports nutrition products that are designed to optimize your active life. They're trusted by experts like Dr. Andrew Huberman, Dr. Kelly Sturette, and over 150 professional and collegiate sports teams. Momentus takes pride in having the highest quality ingredients that are backed by rock solid science. If you're still questioning their track record, just know that over 72% of NFL teams consistently purchase product from Momentus for their athletes. When you're ready to grab some of the highest quality products on the market, go to livemomentus.com, spelled out that's L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com and use the code DOSE, D-O-S-E, at checkout to get 15% off. Again, that's livemomentus.com, Use the code DOSE at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. This episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me tell you, the pandemic was a strange time filled with anxiety and confusion for a lot of us. For me, being cooped up in my house and having to work with COVID patients made me an anxious mess at times. I didn't feel like I had anywhere to go, so I looked into virtual therapy and I found BetterHelp. They partnered me up with a therapist that fit my needs and I had massive benefit from my very first visit. So if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Right now, you can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com Dalton. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Dalton. D-A-L-T-O-N. So quit waiting around, go get some help, people. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. This episode is also sponsored by 8sleep. And my God, do I love 8sleep. I've been sleeping on their pod cover and absolutely loving it. The human race is sleeping less now than any other time in the last century. And 8sleep technology is here to change that. For optimal sleep, your core temperature should fluctuate across sleep cycles to ensure deep rest, but it depends on the room temperature, your diet, exercise, along with many other factors. Their pod and pod cover products adjust your temperature automatically based on your personal preferences to provide you with the best sleep. One of my favorite features is the alarm. It will gently vibrate my side of the bed awake instead of listening to a loud startling alarm on my phone that wakes me up. It's also perfect for couples because of their dual system. My wife prefers hot and I prefer cold. No problem because our cover is set to keep my side bone chilling cold, which is my preference, and hers nice and cozy warm. We both sleep better in the comfort of our own temperatures. So if you want the best night's sleep of your life, you've got to try 8sleep. 
Go to 8sleep.com, that's spelled out E-I-G-H-T-S-L-E-E-P.com, and you can use my code DALTON at checkout to get $50 off your order. They're constantly running deals, which you can stack on top of my code to get even more of a discount. Just use my name, Dalton, D-A-L-T-O-N, at checkout to get $50 off your 8sleep pod or pod cover and enjoy the best night's sleep of your life. Let's hop into it, dude. Do you have anything you were wanting to start off with today? Well, I mean, I feel like we have to start the day by talking about the legend of Cock Punch, right? The most anticipated mint probably in quarter three or four in all of the Web3 NFT space. And uh, my friend here, Mr. Dalton Main, was lucky enough to grab one. Congratulations. Thank Thank you very much. I have some strange luck with this stuff. Thank you. Pre-mints on your side, for sure. You're you're sleeping with someone. I know you are. Could be the Brendan Mulligan himself. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I think we said it at the beginning, but for people that don't know or don't know about NFTs at all, it's fine. Just basically Tim Ferriss, who's probably one of the biggest podcast names in the podcasting space, also an, an author, amongst other things, investors. He's dabbled now into the kind of fantasy writing world. And he's released something called The Legend of Cock Punch, which is a hilarious name. And I won't go into details on what it's about. (laughs) But basically what I was telling Corey is that the idea is that he wanted to make the name so ridiculous that if people were going to write like slam pieces on him, they would have to be using the name Cock Punch throughout their writing so that it would give him a little bit of, it just would make him smile on the inside knowing that his haters are having to write Cock Punch every time that they're trying to diss on him going into the (laughs) NFT space or whatever it is. So yeah, I don't, I mean, you know, we can... We can leave it light, but just, I'm interested just to see what he's going to do with it. I always mentioned in what Tim's doing and he's a fascinating mind. And I think he's going to do some cool stuff with this kind of fantasy world that he's building. For sure. He's definitely has the connections. He's got the deep pockets. So there's really, yeah, who knows where Mm -hmm. it's going to go. We'll see. I'll have to pick one up on secondary if I can ever. Yeah, it's already, it's already climbing like crazy, but yeah, dude, what are you, what's on the, what's on the gambit for today? What do you got first? Anything? Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit today about sleep quality, which we'll touch on briefly. And we have some other content coming out this week regarding sleep quality. So kind of surmising that today. Also want to talk about animals on drugs Ooh. and just general bullshit. Well, hey, let's let's go into animals on drugs. I'm interested in that. What, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I saw that you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the new movie coming out, Cocaine Bear. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was hanging out with some friends the other day and they had just casually mentioned like, Hey, do you see the trailer to cocaine bear? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, I haven't seen, I have no idea what this is about. And so I Googled it and apparently I'm, you know, for people that Corey knows me, but I'm not a movie person. I can barely sit still for the TV show. So I don't watch a ton of movies, but I am decently versed in some of like the most popular movies, of course, but Ray Liotto, which I guess he's passed away recently. It's like his last film that he's done before he passed it's based off a true story where a black bear somewhere i think it was uh it was an american black bear who ingested a full duffel bag of cocaine in 1985 and just went on a rampage i guess and so this movie (laughs) no idea what it's about other than just this cocaine bear that's you know snuffed a duffel bag of coke and and just started you know tearing things apart i don't know the depth of the plot but it comes out in february and it's a pretty ridiculous story that i shouldn't say if it's not an exaggerated storyline where this baron does some of the most atrocious 
you know, commits the most atrocious acts on humanity, I'll be very disappointed. Oh, yeah. I, I hope he just like doubles in size and like gets a second heart and just starts like becoming, I don't know, just, just, just destroying villages. Dual wielding light machine guns uh -huh. and just terrorizing yeah. humanity. Knows after like, yeah, a certain amount of cocaine will kill you. But then once you cross that threshold, it'll actually just like double your size. And yeah, you just grow guns for arms. Pretty insane. <laughs> it was a human all along. So they just <laughs> altered their DNA to become a bear. Right, right. There's the uh, twist. No one has to see it now. Dude, I was the, uh, a complete, well, I guess maybe not a complete chain because it is in terms of, or along the lines of, of drugs. One thing that I meant to talk about last week that just kind of passed my mind, which I don't know how, because it's on everybody's social media feeds and Twitter. I tweeted about it last week, I think, whenever the news popped. But I think it's worth talking about, like the whole Liver King exposure thing. Are you getting a lot of that or is it just the circles that I'm in? Are you a okay? lot. A lot of that. Yeah. Yes. I think it's thanks to Probably. you, son of a bitch. <laughs> You've completely altered my algorithms and now all I get is liver king and his monstrosity of uh -huh. on my God, timeline so thanks for that massive and they're completely natural too by the way and and what a sh yeah what a shock no that, shit that he was on i know and I, man this is obviously I, uh, this is obviously the biggest news <laughs> of the month i know and i think liver king on steroids that's what i want to talk about too is like i think a few things like one i think people are missing the point understand that's like obviously to like the naked eye you look at this guy and you're like okay this guy is juiced out of his mind we'll get a little deep here because it's something that's like passionate deep to my heart like i hate that there's people out there that are believing people like this because then they believe that a body like that is achievable through natural causes or like just taking some supplements or just eating his whole thing was like you know if you just eat liver and you can be like this or eat you know raw meat and this like just crazy shit raw pig asshole or something. exactly but the thing is obviously like to most people they would look at him and say oh, okay something's going on but like on multiple occasions i never asked like point blank to his face like have you been on are you taking steroids he's like no absolutely not I never touch this stuff and then it comes out like there's certain people who are very very knowledgeable that are like yeah i believed him and he told me like face to face off camera he told me no i've never touched this stuff and then whenever he gets caught lying, of course, it turns out that he's really doing all this because he's got this big supplement brand and it, it doesn't look as good if you're like, oh, I got this way because I'm juiced out the ass and taking $12,000 worth of uh, performance enhancing drugs to be able to get to this body, which makes sense if you look at him. Right. Some people don't it's, know that though. Some people look at him and they're like, oh shit, this guy seems like obviously he's a crazy character that he's playing, but he's seems sort of genuine and maybe if i just go buy some of these supplements then i can start living a little healthier and being like him and that it just fuck, it pisses me off too because i think there's a lot of that obviously not to that extreme there's a lot of stuff like that in the health and wellness space and he was just a big man that got exploited right and it's it's a business gimmick yeah. it gives people a sour taste in their mouth about health and wellness especially these people who are taking all the necessary steps and they're following this ancestral diet. The nine or, tenet, you know, baby. He's not the only one. He is the scapegoat, right? Yeah. He's the one in the media because he got caught. But I mean, people are working their hardest to obtain a body like that or are being told all you have to do is X, Y, and Z and they're not seeing their results. And it's a turnoff to health in general, right? Let's take another example. And everybody loves this guy. And I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but The Rock. It's just the dude, the dude's how old? He's he's got to be over fifty. Yeah, right? I think he. You do he's not like fifty two. I've something. never seen a fifty year old with a better physique than they had in their thirties as a collegiate athlete, and he sleeps three hours a day. It says he works out like four or five hours a day. Like it's just it's not obtainable. Yeah, yeah. We need some more 
transparency in the health and wellness space. I mean, obviously these are marketing techniques yeah. used to build brands and sell product, but that transparency is going to kill people and they'll kill people's motivation in the right. Life. And I think there's, it's crazy though, because I, I did hear an argument the other day that I think is very interesting. It's like, what is better to not necessarily lie, but to be not completely open about your steroid use, but you are motivating a ton of kids and young adults to want to go to the gym and exercise and oh, I want to be and look like the rock. Or is it better to be up front and say, hey, this is a completely not natural physique. I have been using these supplements and these steroids and these growth hormones and this testosterone over the last 20 years. And that probably besides a ton of work that I put in, not to discredit that, but that's the reason why I look the way I do. Because then the argument is, well, then what's to stop those 18, 18 year old kids from saying, well, shit, I want to get on the juice. I want to look like the rock. I don't give a shit about how I feel at 50. So I get the argument on both sides. And I think there's, I don't know, it's not black and white, of course, like, you know, like everything is. Yeah, but of course. But it's, I mean, it's uh, their responsibility yeah. at a certain point when you grow to a certain level where you have a humongous influence on a massive population, specifically a younger population, you have that responsibility to look after that population because people are going to do the things that you say. Mm -hmm. And I hear what you're saying. They just come out right and say, here's my routine. Here's all of the supplements I take every single month. Yes, it might get a large population to go and start trying to use that. But I, I don't know, at some point, I guess you got to look at it from a different lens and see that you are being a negative influence in the long term for these people who aren't able to obtain their goals or are going to get into this mm -hmm. stuff because of the claims that you make. Right. I think there's maybe even if they just, after people comment on his body and it's like zooms into his face and he just gives a little wink, he's like not natural. They just move on. Like that's as long as people know, it's like, hey, there's a little something added to this man's milk in the morning to get him to that size. I think the other thing too is just a note that Again, it's not, it's nothing to do with how much work the fucking li the liver king puts in or the rock puts in and like how much genetic plays. They're both genetic freaks in terms of, sure. you know, however much work I put in, I'm not going to look like them more than likely. I don't have those genetics. So that is just something that needs to be stated. But also, like you said, just for the safety of like kids and others that are trying to have a very nice physique and want to look like that. It's just, especially when you're out there selling supplements that, you know, are all rooted in the nine ancestral tenants and you need to be living this way while he's spending, you know, 13K a month on these drugs. It's just absolutely insane. Right. And I don't know if you've seen the new Black Adam or not, but The Rock can now shoot lightning out of his fingertips. There's no way that's no, natural. You can't get that at the gym. That's steroid-induced. You're right. That's steroid-induced electricity, hey, dude's man. got, he has connections that nobody else has. I would <laughs> not doubt that. Some. Well, speaking of, I mean, we were talking kind of about the routine. The Rock says he sleeps like three hours. I think that's a pretty good segue. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on sleep quality, sleep optimization. Great way to trickle in some stuff. So Corey mentioned a little bit earlier that we're going to be dropping some more sleep optimization information. There's going to be a blog post coming out pretty soon. And yeah, we'll just, we'll touch on a couple points. I did want to talk about things just quickly about things that have worked for me and uh, some things that people can implement in their life right away. So obviously you're not the rock. And if you are the rock and you're listening, please DM me because I want to talk. So three hours of sleep is not ideal. And it seems that on average between seven and nine hours for most people is where you should shoot for. And for myself, I can say over the years, the biggest things that have 
made an adjustment in my life is as boring as it sounds is reading before you go to bed and Corey, I don't know what, what's your, what's your reading level, you know, the third okay, grade. So you could read like Junie B. Jones maybe before you go to bed. And that's a, that's a good way for you to get a good night's sleep. Big, <laughs> fan. Big, yeah. Big. So I've been doing this like for the past six years or so I've been reading before I go to bed and you know, everybody I tell them like, just start, like, even if it's five minutes, just do something, find a book that you're interested in. If you read a chapter and you're like, this shit sucks, but you're just trying to get through it because, you know, you're supposed to try to do that. Just put it down and get a new book. Like find something you're actually interested in that you can read. And what happens is like, I'm trying to go to bed. I always pick up my book and I start reading. And there's some nights that I'm so exhausted that I literally just, I open the book and I read three words and my face is already face down in the book. So, and there's other times. Get a little bit of Bell's palsy in the first paragraph. And then there's other days where I'm not that tired and I'll maybe read 15, 20 minutes, but then my body is so trained to know whenever I start reading, it's time to go to bed that automatically starts to downregulate my system. I start to get tired and it just immediately puts me to sleep on most nights. So that's probably the number one tip that I give to people when they're struggling with sleep is that's just part of a bigger picture of sleep routine and some other things on top of that for sleep routine are uh, like not people have probably heard most of these but maybe some people haven't and there's things that like i said you can just take these and implement them tonight and they should help so spending at least three hours fasted before you go to bed so if you're going to bed at 10 seven o'clock should be the last time that you ingest something it seems to show that if you have food in your stomach if your blood sugar spiked then you're not going to get as deep of a sleep and then the last one i would say is just decreasing the temperature in your room so the ambient temperature in the room, somewhere between like on the extreme side, as low as like 60 degrees. But ideally, I feel like realistically somewhere between 65 and 67 degrees Fahrenheit is ideal. And of course you can put socks on, you can have your blankets on or whatever, but your body temperature should decrease by about one degree. And it takes roughly like that temperature in your room to optimize that, to fall and have a deep sleep. So Those are kind of the three big things that I've come across in the studies and listening to stuff that are pretty easy to implement and should make a big difference in people's sleeping optimization. Yeah. And for those who aren't readers, I think another easy thing you can do, which I don't think that this is revolutionary at all, but limiting your screen time before bed as well. So even if you're not going to read, get off of your phone, stop scrolling Instagram and TikTok right before bed and just ramping up your system. And then you're trying to fall asleep and you have a headache and your eyes are strained and you don't know why you can't fall asleep. And I think that that's another great tool is just trying to limit that. Yeah. Well, and I think, and then something else that we, well, I was just going to say one thing that I will say is, you know, don't stress too much about being perfect. There's going to be nights that you have friends over and eat, you're having drinks and you don't stop until 8 p.m. and you go to bed at 9 because you're exhausted. Like that shit happens. And if you stress out so much about the specifics, then you're going to stress yourself into a point of of decreased sleep quality anyways. For me, I still do this to myself and it's horrible for me, but I'll I'll play COD with my friends at night and my heart is beating out of my chest and I'm like, well, shit, I got to go to bed. But it's just, it's fun. It's time to uh, like be within a community and talk and, you know, crack jokes. And it doesn't really matter to me too much if I do that once or twice a week sometimes, but don't stress too much about being perfect in terms of your sleep routine because things are going to change. Speaking of which, I'm craving some losses and more tonight. <laughs> I might have to do that. Yeah, we'll have to chat about that and see. I haven't had the straight losses in a row in a while, so that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say though? I cut you yeah, off. Another thing that we've talked about a little bit, and this was covered on our last Twitter space, but unfortunately the recording was corrupt. So I'll reiterate 
is reducing your use of alarms. I'd love for you to kind of touch on that again, because that's something that you've been recently trying and have had some success yeah, with. Yeah, so I think there's a few things on that because when it comes to using an alarm, I've used one just like everybody else for most of my life whenever I had to go make it to class or get to work on time. And what happens is a lot of times whenever you have just like the old standard alarm clock or the alarm on your phone, it doesn't matter what sleep cycle you're in, you're going to get abruptly alerted and awakened whenever that alarm goes off. And so what I started noticing was that like, depending on the day, of course, depending on how deep of a sleep I was in, sometimes I'd wake up and feel like I got smacked in the face of the brick. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I started with a lot of hesitation. I started doing no alarm clock and I was scared because I was like, well, what if I, I've got so much shit to get done in the morning and that's like my ideal time to get up and get a cup of coffee by myself and start working. So I was scared to do that. And it was crazy because it turns out that my body is pretty well trained and I wake up within 30 minutes or so of my normal waking time anyways with an alarm clock. And I feel so much better. I haven't used an alarm in, I don't know, probably almost two months now at this point, maybe a little over a month. It's been great. I've had to use an alarm a couple of times for flights and stuff like that, which I know, Corey, you'd mentioned last time. But I will say for people that can't do that, and I understand that not everybody can go without an alarm. People have, you know, strict work schedules they have to get on. There is an application called Sleep Cycle, and I love that app. And I have used it and will continue to use it whenever I do have to use an alarm. It's free. And what it does is you keep a phone next to your pillow or on your nightstand. I believe you can do it there too. But what it does is it just slowly starts to alert you to wake up. So like it'll start by doing little vibrations and little noises that just starts to alert your system a little bit, but not fully awaken you. So it just gets away from that abrupt awakening from an alarm. So I love that app and I recommend it to a lot of people, especially those that have to use an alarm. Yeah, I've also seen those light alarms. Have you ever seen Yeah, those I have seen those. I haven't. Where it's like over a span of 20 minutes, it goes from a really dim light into fills your room with light to simulate daylight too, especially for those who are waking up before the sun's out or something like that. That's another gentle way to ease out of your sleep cycle because those alarms, God for fucking bid, I ever wake up to the iPhone alarm, like the normal ringtone. Oh my God, I'm not having a good day. <laughs> Which, so there's a way where I can just gently wake up instead of my iPhone screaming at me with uh -huh. this horrific sounding alarm, I think would help as well but i can't remember the name of that i can try to pin something later on or we could post it in the discord yeah. but there's definitely a lot of options. for sure no and i like that the light one too because that is something that i've actually come across in the research too that within the first ideally within the first five to ten minutes of waking you should try to get immediate light exposure and sometimes if people are up too early or if the sun's not out they don't have the opportunity to get that sunlight but you can get the very similar effects from the artificial lights within a room. Without going into the gory details, you get a spike of cortisol whenever you get that bright light hit in the morning. And that's what you want at the beginning of the day. So that way, whenever you go to sleep later that evening, you actually are tired because you've had that whole day of your cortisol being spiked in the early morning and starts to level itself and go down as you get closer to sleep. So I like that, the light alarm. I need to try to get one of those and try it out. But yeah, we'll post something about that and maybe it'll show up in the blog post too. Absolutely. Well, moving on, we, for those of you who don't know, Dalton and I are both practicing clinicians in healthcare. We're both physical therapists and we work in home health, meaning that individuals who are either debilitated or don't have the means to access health in their community, we drive out to their homes and we treat them there. And we have 
countless stories, some good, some bad, some sad, some happy, but every single pellet talk, I want to highlight story time, right? Where we can talk about a recent meaningful healthcare experience we've had with a patient. And uh, meaningful, again, could be anything, right? It could be devastating, could be hilarious, right? But have you had anything either this week or recently that's really stuck with you? I'm trying to think if there's been any specific, like think just something that's been on my mind recently. It's not a, it's not a funny one, but as you said, there's going to be a lot of variety of stories that we have. I actually, I started thinking a lot about just how lucky I am to be in this position because it just, I think whenever you're, whenever you're around a bunch of 20 somethings and everybody's kind of complaining about their desk job and all this shit in their life and they ran out of gas and they had to walk two miles to get gas and they have too big of a payment on their credit card, whatever. It's an exhaustive list. But whenever you're around a bunch of people who are doing well in their life in terms of their health is good for the most part, they're, even if they're living paycheck to paycheck, they're still able to put food on the table and they have friends and shit. It's like, I think we start to get a little bit too caught up in the day-to-day grievances of life that the thing that I feel like this job is giving me the most is like a realization of how fucking good I have it. The reason why I was thinking about this is this morning I had a patient that has really, really bad MS. And uh, for people that don't know, it's multiple sclerosis and it comes in a lot of different forms uh, in terms of like debilitating features for people. And this lady is in her early 50s and basically bedbound. And so it's just sad. And will she get better? You know, probably. Yeah, a little bit. But probably not a lot. I mean, and it's something that like this lady will have a hard time doing a lot of standing and she has a caregiver and that will be something that she's going to deal with for the rest of her life. And I walk in there, I walk out, I can go on a bike ride later today. I'm going to go home to my family. I can lift weights tomorrow. I think that this job has given me just so many, so many reasons to be grateful for what I have. And That's one thing that I tell people too, is that like every time I'm having a a rough day, of course I have rough days or days that I'm not feeling like super great, but then I walk in and I'm like, holy shit, this could be way worse than it is. And I I don't know, I'm just grateful for being able to to do that and have that kind of realization every day. Yeah, absolutely. And last week we highlighted some more terrifying stories. Please tell that story again. All right. Well, let me get through this one first and then maybe I can tell my story of old, old tummy bug, man. But speaking of like these grievances, right. And you see people at their lowest a lot of times, right. And these people are stressed and they don't know how they're going to make ends meet. They can't even leave their bed, let alone like make money to do the things that they need. Right. But they're on the other side of the spectrum. You do have those people who see that and you can learn a lot from, right? So I'm actually glad that you brought this up. This isn't the story I was planning on telling, but I actually had an experience just this morning where I went to a patient's home, past medical diagnosis of severe dementia, so cognitive impairment, not really able to even recite their name or their spouse's name, where they live, what time of day it is. They can only answer yes or no questions. And a lot of the times they're not even appropriate there. So I went to this house. I was treating the wife and I was sitting down with the husband, getting a lot of the past medical history, kind of figuring out what our goals are, what her baseline is, the things that we need really need to work on. And I have never seen somebody more infatuated with their spouse than this old man. I mean, he, this is the love of his life. Doesn't matter if she's 20 when they were first married or at 79 with severe dementia and she can't even remember his name. I mean, he was infatuated with this woman and does absolutely everything for her. And he was telling me about their routines. And the biggest thing that he said was that 
every evening before she got sick, she was in the hospital for a couple of weeks and she came home very debilitated, difficulty standing, really weak. He said the biggest thing that he's looking for is he wants to return to doing his afternoon dancing with his wife. She doesn't know what's going on when it's happening, but they go out on the porch. He pours himself a glass of wine. He plays her favorite music and they dance on the front porch. And he said that they haven't been able to do that. And that is what he wants to be able to do with her on top of a multitude of different things, right? Of improving her mobility. But just seeing somebody that isn't focused on these grievances that we talked about, right? Oh, I'm in such a bad situation or woe is me. My wife doesn't know my name anymore. He's looking at everything that he does have, right? And he's grateful for the time that he has with his wife. So just a beautiful thing to be able to go into that makes me grateful for the job that I have is seeing this guy who is, if it was in my shoes, I would be stressing. You know, this is, oh, yeah. this is scary. Things are progressing really quickly. And all he wants to do is just dance with his wife. And I thought that that was beautiful. Yeah, that is beautiful, man. Are you getting soft on me? Uh, dude, I might be tearing up. I can't tell if it's because the talk pump mint still or not, but but I mean, it was it was just cool, you know. It's yeah, it's a cool thing to experience. Is. Well, dude, it's funny you said that too because literally earlier today I saw some video about the difficulty of being a caretaker of like somebody with severe autism in their thirties, and it made me think about the same thing you just talked about: the difficulty of being a caregiver or spouse to somebody with severe dementia. We've seen it you know, dozens of times, but it's a, such a hard job, and especially if it's like the love of your life that, like you said, doesn't even know your name anymore. Like to be able to hold that optimism and be like, I want a goal of dancing with my wife is just a beautiful outlook on uh, that situation. Yeah, absolutely. And if you thought I was going soft, let's just segue right into telling Yeah, that's because deep down at my core, I might've thought that this was is a beautiful you. moment, but I'm a <laughs> sick fuck and this stuff's way more fun to me. Yeah. So uh, this is an experience I had. It was either last week or the week before. So anybody who's listening to this, these are not few and far between stories that Dalton and I are going to be sharing during story time. These are things that we run into quite frequently, more often than we're comfortable with. But yeah, I show up to a gentleman's house and I pulled into, I mean, there wasn't even a driveway. I just pulled up off the side of the road right in front of his house. And you can make your judgments based on someone's house. And the judgment that I initially made was, this is not going to be fun. It was just torn down. There was clutter everywhere. You could barely even see the grass because there was just furniture and junk scattered everywhere. I end up going to the door. There's no answer, but I hear him beckoning saying, I'll oh, come in, you know, so basically tear the door off of the hinges because the door's in bad shape, busting it open. So I go in there and he's sitting on the couch and there's a there's an immediate stench that fills my nostrils inside of this house. There is animal shit littered all over the house, on the couches, on the tables. Some of it could potentially be human for all I know at this point, right? As I'm first walking in, my patient was a large man, 6'2", 400 plus pounds. And he's just sitting on the couch, just completely covered in cat shit and sitting in cat piss probably. And I started my evaluation with him. He says that he had a couple of cats. He doesn't know if they're alive or dead anymore because he hasn't seen them in a while. Obviously hasn't been able to clean anything in his house in years. He told me, fast forward, right, there was a lot of stuff that we talked about, but fast forward, he said that he had been having some abdominal pain. So I'm questioning of him about his diet, his bowel movements. I move into kind of an assessment of his stomach, touching all four quadrants of his abdomen to see if there's any tenderness, any redness, any wounds. 
And this man lifted up his shirt for me so that I could assess his abdomen. And he had bugs scatter all over his abdomen and crawl into every single flap of fat he had. And he had these bugs living and breeding inside of the fat rolls on his abdomen. And uh, I had to have a start a conversation with a, a 70 year old man about, hey, do you shower at all? And come to find out it's too difficult to get in and out of the shower. So no, he has not been showering. All he does is just sit in his infested home all day long. So I don't know if these are bed bugs. I don't know what they are. I definitely stood for my entire evaluation and never sat on a single piece of furniture. But that was a first for me, Dalton, walking into oh, yeah. somebody's house, lifting up their stomach and all these roaches or whatever bug they were just flee from sight back up into his shirts and into his shorts and into his fat rolls. This so uh, if you thought I was sentimental, motherfuckers, <laughs> I'll keep you on your toes. Keep you on your toes. Do that. Now, that's just, it's so, I mean, obviously it's, it's sad and it's just so wild. Cause like you said, some of those stories aren't few and far between, unfortunately, but outside of the sadness that is people that are, live like that, whether on their, like on their own accord or not by choice, it's just to take this full circle about earlier, I was talking about sleep routine and not being overly strict and being flexible on making changes in your life. I think one big take home from that that i have like what you just said is like the human body is so resilient like that man is a, is living that is a living human being yes and, and we and we including myself stress out about like little things that we're doing and like food choices that we're making and and uh, you know as hey as long as you're making incremental changes and not stressing out too much about the little things that you might be doing wrong like you you're gonna be okay just shower you know take care of yourself you know, and if you got a little extra on you, that's totally fine. But lift them Wash underneath up it. and clean underneath it. All right. This is right. my this is my public service announcement for that. Yeah. You don't want bugs on your belly. No, you do not. But hey, I would love to transition into some of the uh, news topics. I know I'd mentioned Neuralink a little bit last time. And that was something that I wanted to touch on because I believe it was Wednesday last week. They did a show and tell, which I thought was interesting because, you know, it's kind of in our wheelhouse or not necessarily a wheelhouse, but will probably introduce itself into the health field at some point here pretty soon. And yeah, I will admit that it was very, very technical. So it was probably more for the engineer brain to digest, but there was some very interesting parts that I took away and just kind of wanted to briefly touch on what the current status of the Neuralink was. And for those that weren't listening or don't know what that is, it's kind of Elon Musk's project that involves implanting a chip into your brain to be able to control things telepathically, like uh, electronic devices telepathically, as well as mimic neuron firing in different parts of your brain. So the current model that they're, they're working with is called the R1. And what was pretty crazy is like part of the demonstration was with a, a monkey, I believe it was a a chimpanzee, but I'm not a monkey expert, I'll admit. These chips were in the monkey and they were able to telepathically control a cursor on a MacBook. And so there was like a highlighted key on a keyboard, like a virtual keyboard on the MacBook. And the monkey was able to move the cursor with their brain and click the keys. Really, that was the extent of the current demonstration, which is still pretty fucking fascinating that somebody can implant a chip into a monkey's brain and they can control a computer with their mind. And it was pretty quick. They were showing all of the different iterations of the models and how it was, it was really slow or it was laggy to the left and it was laggy to the right. And they were showing how they, how they maneuvered and, and kind of changed as the models went along. And 
now it was super fast and they were just clicking all the highlighted buttons really quick. What's pretty interesting is that they're saying that hope like they, they're trying to get FDA regulated next year to be able to implant this in a human for studies, which who knows if that's going to happen. You know, cut to, I think two days ago, now they're under investigation because of like possible animal cruelty stuff. And I don't know about all of that, but either way, like they immediately were under investigation now. So we'll see what happens all that, regardless of what happens with that. I think the technology itself is fascinating and maybe it's not Neuralink that is the thing that comes out, but they're mentioning their first actual like go to market fix is going to be for people who have either very limited eyesight or maybe haven't been able to see at all. They believe that they can reverse that through the simulated neuron firing in your brain. So they're saying people who were born blind, they believe they can restore sight in these people. And like, even just that, that assumption, that claim is, is fucking fascinating. If that's oh, true, right? if that happens next year, like think about how they're, they're talking about maybe having the ability to reverse some of the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, like all of these brain disorders that are rampant in our in our society. Just being able to do some of that stuff with that technology is absolutely crazy. Right. And there's some of that stuff already being used, right? You see in, in some Parkinson's patients, you have deep brain stimulation to help reduce tremors and improve function, like gross motor coordination of the hands and the legs to improve walking and grasping and feeding and all sorts of stuff. So definitely an interesting claim. I know that you are not a movie guy, but I can't help but this whole Neuralink thing remind me of the first Kingsman movie. Have you seen that? No. You'd have to, uh, I mean, if you, if you describe they, some of it, maybe. They, they end up putting this chip in people's brains. And so the whole premise of the movie is this multi-billionaire is giving free internet and phone access to people if they use his phone. And they have some type of audio frequency that they use on the phone to control the minds of the individuals using it. And at the very end of the movie, there's this elite group of people who basically store themselves away and they just set humans sick on each other, right? They, they just set off this frequency and it's like everyone just goes into this kill mode and it's a way to control population. And at the end of the movie, they have this, I don't know, a self-destruct program or something like that, where anybody who has a chip in their head, their head just explodes. And that's just what this, so that makes me think of. Elon's Jeez. just going to population control us with Neuralink and blow all of our heads, <laughs> heads up. That's what, yeah, I think that's what a lot of people are concerned about is like just the control of being able to like know that that was like a concern of a lot of people whenever electric cars came out or like having the, the possibility of somebody to be able to hack the computer in your car. I think that's while right. you're driving 80 miles an hour on a highway or something. Right. So, and and I'm, yeah. no, I'm no conspiracy theorist myself. Like, I can't say I hold those thoughts, but that's just what it reminds me. I mean, hey, I think there's no harm in having that, that debate anyways, right? I think it's pretty fascinating. And I don't know how two episodes in a row we're going to get onto AI, but I think we have to considering all of the crazy shit that's in social media around the the chat bot have you experimented with that at all the i have not i would love G for you to touch on gpt that. have you have you seen anything about that it's called chat no no it's so it's called chat gpt and it's by the company open ai it is absolutely insane dude so i was experimenting with it a little bit just asking some health questions like how do you get somebody interested in caring about their health what do you do if people are struggling with weight loss, I asked about, since we're talking about sleep, I asked about some sleep optimization stuff just to kind of see what it would, what it would spit out. And the whole idea is that this thing is pulling from a, you know, 
this is a non-technical discussion here, just a disclaimer for everybody. This is like, I, I have a very limited knowledge in it, but it's basically pulling from a large database. I think it's from just basically all of the internet prior to 2021 is what I saw as like a disclaimer on the main screen of the chat, but you can ask it anything. Like I've seen multiple videos of people that have basically done their own mental health counseling session. Like they'll say, hey, I'm struggling with this and this, and the chat bot will just spit out like two paragraphs of, I'm, I'm struggling with depressive thoughts lately because of this. And it's like, it's all right to have, you know, depressive thoughts. And sometimes that can happen because of this and this. And some of the best things you can do for that is this, like it's conversation, which is kind of baffling. And also it's very technical. I've seen videos of people who were able to build entire apps just by asking the same question. They were like, write in Python code, a gentle rainfall. And it popped up this whole list of code that this person copied and pasted it into Python and it made a rain shower. So people are talking like they built apps, they've had conversations with this thing. And that's in a beta form. It's pretty, pretty baffling to think about like what that will be and what it can be coming up soon. How do I make my parents proud of me? That's my first thing. But it's, I mean, it's crazy thinking about like, do humans even need skill going forward? Like, does anybody oh. need to be good at anything or do you just have to be able to type on a keyboard and you can literally get anything done? And like, what are the implications for people who are like, how do I make a at-home farm or something like that? You know, yeah, like, sure. How do you regulate something like that? That's a good point. I didn't think about like the dark web side of things. I'm sure that there's going to be That's like That's why limiters. I'm here, dude. That's why you like, invited <laughs> me to co-host. I think that there's got to be some implications there, right? Because I mean, are some like a governor on it or some sort of like a limit to where it will discourage things like child porn, sex trafficking, like things like that, that it obviously has in its database, but it has to have some sort of, of a trigger to say, hey, let's cut this off or, you know, ban this user. I'm sure there's going to be something like that in the future. But they also said something like, I think they're going to be charging like cents, you know, multiple cents like per question. And I think I'm going to get the number wrong, but it's still insane to think about. It was like within a week, it had over like 10 million users or something like that. Maybe it was within a week or a month or something, but it showed in comparison to like for Netflix to hit that, it took years. For Instagram to hit that, it took multiple months. And this chat bot hit that many users within like a week's time. So like, and that's just for people like you hadn't even heard of it or you maybe you've, did you say you have heard of it? Just didn't know much about I, it. I've heard of it. I haven't. I haven't dabbled in it or haven't yeah, used just, it at all. Just think about like whenever that's the common, like why, like you said, what's, uh, what is the implication when it comes to, you know, skills in a job? Like why would I hire somebody that uh, is a, some people were talking about one of its biggest use cases is probably going to be like research. Like why would I have a research team whenever I could just say, you know, give me the, the top, I don't know, give me the top five takeaways from Moby Dick or whatever. It just pops up like the, the top five, like most quoted you know, parts from Moby Dick or, or even more in depth, you can just go into like plot points or character development, you know, lines. Like, I don't know. I think there's, there's probably plenty of like low hanging fruit jobs that are more like, you know, basically just like Google searches away a couple, a couple good Google searches and this chat bot may be the, you know, the solution to this. Yeah. This chat bots, your new primary care physician or GM, depending on what area of the world you live in, right? You can just search all of your issues that you're having and it'll come up with a hypothesis of your diagnosis and probably 10 things that you can do to reverse it. Right. Yeah. It was pretty. And like, I, I think that there was a few things I've, I'm trying to remember the exact topics that people were saying that it still lacks. 
I've seen some people say that, you know, it can't quite, they're, because they're not even just this chat bot, there's a lot of AI stuff going around that's like, you know, writing content for people, writing tweets, writing copy on websites, longer form. White. There, because they're not even just this chat bot, there's a lot of AI stuff going around that's like, you know, writing content for people, writing tweets, writing copy on websites, longer form. I've seen people kind of argue that it's just not quite there, doesn't quite flow right. I would argue that if you ask the right questions and if you're, let's say it's a blog post, I would imagine if you ask the right questions and your blog post is well organized, like in sections. I would think that maybe it would do a decent job. I don't, I don't know that for sure because maybe it's not like holding the same tone or the same flow. I, I don't know. But either way, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy to see all the different verticals it's going to be entering in. You know, when, honestly, I feel like this, this shit has popped off in the last like six months really and, and even more in the past, you know, two to four weeks. I feel like it's gotten even more crazy in terms of the art and this chat bot and, and all the other stuff going on. Right. Well, to, to take it onto a darker route of AI, of, of course, have you heard about this, this AI generated woman that like is haunting her images? Have you heard uh, of that? Her name's Loeb, L-O-A-B. Is it on Instagram? It was, uh, I mean, I don't know exactly where I've it is. I've... I think it was by a user named uh, Super Composite on Twitter that like first found her where he was doing all of these negative searches on on AI and it always came up with a woman with the same face and she was like showing up in every image. No, you haven't is, heard of that. No. I, I need to do some more research before I go off on a tangent about it, but just looking up the images, I'll have to send it to you, Dalton. And I would recommend any listener look up to it too. look up Loeb L O A B the AI woman. And she is just absolutely creepy. And there's a bunch of different, you know, it shows people searches. And the face is always the same. And they're saying that the images are haunted. Wait, so look at them and stuff. So you're saying that people are, are searching, like searching AI in a negative tone. And some of the images that are popping up has this like ghostly figure in the background. It, so it's, they're using, doing search results of like negatively weighted prompts, okay. which I don't really understand what that is at the moment. Like I said, I would have to do a little bit more research, but basically he was, he was using these, these specific prompts that didn't really have anything to do with this woman at all, but she would show up every single time he searched Whoa. it. Wouldn't yeah, that be insane? If it's like, yeah, wouldn't that be insane if like, you know, you, you Google search, you know, you know, how how is AI going to take over the world or like it's just some and that's not even negative enough I'm sure but like some it's like negative terms and you're you know the the AI determines what outputs you're going to get and it's not going to give you the answers that you want or it's going to give you heavily weighted answers like in favor of how it's not going to take over the world that's going to like mm -hmm. I think it's that that whole like sentient brain argument where right you know is the is the AI going to be able to like be able to make make those decisions 
knowing that it wants to to be under the radar and not you know, like very out in the open about taking over jobs or whatever. I don't know. It's just it's pretty yeah. pretty insane. I'm gonna I'm gonna share this Twitter thread with you. So like I said, Twitter user super composite back on September sixth of this year, twenty twenty two. He made a post about Loeb and it's a, it's a whole thread about the searches that he used and all of the examples that he had. And they get progressively darker where there's like a bunch of like dead kids in the images and stuff like that. It's weird. Whoa. Actually, okay. I know the name Super Composite actually now that you mentioned that. I'll have to, you'll have to go back and look at that. And it also reminds me of like, I, I don't know if you've seen, I, I don't know the name, but there's a girl on Instagram. I think she has like over a million followers and it's, it's well known that she's an AI. But it's like a progression of her of her character, and people are just following along, and it's pretty crazy because like I even I saw a video on TikTok probably two or three months ago of a girl who I think his name was like Kurt Skeleton or something. I, I'm pretty sure that's right. And it's it was a girl who had this she she and she did it like I'm pretty sure with like free software. She created this character named Kurt Skeleton, and basically. Whatever she did on the TikTok, it looked like it was him doing it. And he was a completely made up person who who kind of amassed this pretty big following. And I want to say it was like half a million or more people. And she was just like doing little skits, like having conversations, like not with anything like way overly produced, but basically just had an AI that that, you know, morphed her image into this person and then like had a voice changer that was playing. And that was you know, basically a completely different identity to this person, to this girl who was on there. And she just, you know, created a, an entire, like an influencer account, basically off of somebody who never existed. Mm, interesting. Yeah. But I think that's going to be, that's going to become more and more common, I'm sure. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm so torn with AI because I can see where it, it can help, especially in our, in our career paths, you know, that we, like in healthcare, AI to we last week we talked about the detection, early detection of breast cancer and, and all sorts of things. But then you have the AI art side where there's all of these artists who are terrified to death that they're not going to have any work because people are just going to use AI for art instead of real humans for art. So I don't know. I'm, I'm torn about the whole thing. I see where it could be beneficial and I know it will be beneficial in the future. And it's something that I would use regularly. But I hope that AI doesn't, again, take out the need to be a human being with skills. Like, I feel like I hope people mm -hmm. still in the future, 100 years from now, have skills, have professions, have trades that humans want to look for instead of just going to tech for everything. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, I think before this podcast turns into a podcast about AIs from two buffoons that know nothing about AI, I, I was going to, I want to transition a little bit, which again, for people that don't know, because unfortunately our last episode got, got rugged and didn't get recorded. We're pretty adamant about having this podcast be about really anything. So we're, we're kind of bounce around and we hope to keep things interesting with technology, news, gaming, random shit, while also trickling in some health, some health stuff. So I would love to finish off with, with this episode as we round things up talking about it's not like a kind of a a term that i've been really running with in the last couple months and that's like calling calling different portions of, like, of my health journey on a season so like what season am i in right am i in right now and what am i maybe going to be doing in the next season or whatever that is because i think whenever we whenever we get too caught up in like trying to have these huge you know five ten year goals sometimes that can get a little bit uh, overwhelming 
And for me, I wanted just to, to briefly touch on like what season I'm in right now and kind of what my what my routines are. And I'd love to hear your, you know, surface level thoughts, Corey, on maybe what, what season you would consider yourself in. But I think about like my current season or like what I'm working towards right now. I'm not really I'm not really shooting for a goal by any means. Like I'm not trying to put on muscle mass. I'm not trying to win any mountain bike races. I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm mostly just trying to optimize my ability to to do the shit that I want to do and, and have fun. And so what that's turned out to be for me is in terms of like exercise and activity, I'm I'm lifting weights twice a week, usually about 30 minutes at a time. And those are full body workouts. And that's really just to maintain muscle mass and get a lot of the benefits that come from from lifting weights. I try to do some what I call like fun activity. And for me, like fun active activity, for me, that turns out to be like rock climbing and mountain biking, which of course are really great workouts in and of themselves. And so I do that usually two to three days a week, depending on the weather and everything else. And within one of those workouts, I try to get my heart rate to near max. So I try to work really, really, really hard just once a week to get some of the benefits of that as well. And then I, I try to make sure that I get a couple rest days in just to not over overdo myself as I have in the past. But yeah, that's kind of the the season that I'm in right now and the, the activity and exercises that I'm involved in during the week. Curious to hear what what may, might you be doing, Corey? Is, if, we are, if we are talking seasons, I am in fucking preseason, baby. Yeah. I'm not in the season yet. <laughs> I This year has been has been a weird, weird year for me. I, I moved to a rural area and there is limited is limited is probably the nice way to put it limited healthcare access in general and i've kind of taken it upon myself to stretch myself a little thin i know you know my work schedule dalton but i've been working you know six or seven days a week now for the past eight or nine months and uh, just trying to provide yeah i'm just trying to fill this gap in in healthcare access so working in multiple different facilities, doing home health, doing some things on the side of this project that we've been working on because Healthy Birds is a project that Dalton and I have been working on for, for over a year now. So when, you, when you're focusing on others and trying to provide access to the community or you're looking after someone else's needs over your own, you know, the kind of slips to the wayside and you put on weight or you get weak or you're not doing your active hobbies that you need to do. So over the past couple of months, I've really tried to step that back up, going on at least an hour walk, four or five days a week. I don't do anything too heavy in regards to really mass building for, for muscle mass or anything like that. Just trying to bring weight down, feel more comfortable inside of my body and be able to do the things that we want to do, right? So like rock climbing or mountain biking or hiking or, or whatever that might be being able to go and do that and not be debilitated the next day right because you're so sore so for me it's been a whole journey i'm not i'm very opposite in i'm opposite from dalton in the fact that he is completely enamored by health fitness the human body research what's new what more can i be doing and for myself i'm very stretched in and think I, I don't have time for any of this, right? So I think that a lot of people can relate to either of us, but really just trying to focus on reducing calorie intake, improving the nutrients that are required to help promote, you know, any any type of muscle growth that I am having and just trying to lower my resting heart rate, improve sleep, things like that. Sweet. I mean, I, I think, I, think I, I would say you're probably in like the, it sounds like at least probably in like 
the weight loss season if it's if I had to mm. pick one just because of the of the four hours of walking a week and decreasing some calories, you know, the, the weight loss season and also just the staying alive season. I think that's what is yeah, the, to be the, uh, from how busy I am at work. I've definitely developed a calloused stomach from how many times I've had to go to Taco <laughs> Bell for a quick deal to just get yeah. something in my stomach so that I could go to the next patient. So, yeah, I think like the big, call my me, big, call reason. me iron gut. I'm, I'm changing my Twitter gut. handle. <laughs> Iron gut. I like that. No, I think the big reason why I started thinking about it in seasons is because for a very long time, probably I would I would argue probably three years of my life, I was trying to do way too many things at once. Like I was trying to stay super lean while I was trying to put on mass, or I was trying to get really good at mountain biking while I was also trying to put on mass and and you know gain muscle muscle weight. And so by doing all those things, what I was doing is just wearing my body down to nothing and being tired all the time and then also making no progress in any of those, in any of those feats. And so I think for myself, I, I've, I've started to look at it in seasons, which help out like, so that I, I know like, Hey, if I'm trying to get good at biking, I need to be biking, you know, three, four days a week and just doing other things to just kind of maintain my strength and, and stuff to, to focus on the thing I'm trying to get. And so same thing with like, you know, with weight loss, like there's some things that you can do to promote weight loss. And there's other things that you can do that are probably not necessarily helping you. So I think, you know, if, if it helps anybody to try to really focus on like what season, what season you might be in for yourself. And, and that may help sort of to, to gear your, your daily tactics. Cause you know, like I said, for my, for myself, like, and as Corey said, like I live and breathe this shit and it was tough for me to, I wanted to do it all. And I, I needed to, to really take a step back and, and pick out what my, what my season is and what my focus is at the moment. Cause it's very, very difficult, not impossible, but very difficult to do all of those things at once. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, any, any listeners have anything that they want to add, share any questions that they have regarding, you know, their health journey, their season, or anything that we've talked about on this episode? feel free to raise your hand and we would, we'd love to hear from you as well. Yeah. And also on that note, you know, you can always hop into the, hop into the discord mm -hmm. or reply to the newsletters, which if you haven't already subscribed, you can get on through either healthy birds or on my account, subscribe to the newsletter that we send out every week. And you can always respond to that as well. And we'll get, and we'll get back to you, but yeah, let's, let's round things out. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'm good. We need to limit AI talk next time. That's, that's two episodes in a row that we've gone down our fucking rabbit hole. Uh-huh. Hey, that's, that's the fun of it though. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'll make sure to come in with three or four AI topics next week. Beautiful. Love Sweet. That. All right. Well, thank you all for listening and uh, love you, dude. Have a good rest yeah. of the day. Love you, dog. Thanks for joining guys. Yep. See you next week. Next week, same time. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. Real quick before you go, if you enjoyed this episode, we would be honored if you could go hop on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Also check out our sponsors and the links provided in the show notes below for some great discounts on products. You can also sign up for our newsletter at healthybirds.org where we drop weekly digestible health information in a fun way. And if you have any questions, comments, or just want to complain about my personality flaws, it's absolutely fine. You can email me directly at dalton at healthybirds.com. Would love to connect with all of you. So until next time, be happy, be healthy, people.